Good morning, City Based Church. I hope you're all doing great and that you're all keeping safe. I miss seeing all your wonderful faces and having fellowship with you all over a lacquer cappuccino. I'm really looking forward to the day when we can meet again. I really am. But until then, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited to see what God is busy doing and what he's about to do next. I firmly believe that he's building his church and that many people are being added to the church globally on a daily basis. That many prodigal sons and daughters are returning home. That our family of believers is growing. Here in Springs, throughout South Africa and all over the world. I've been reminded of the song Waymaker a lot in the last couple of months, even before the lockdown began. And most of us know the song quite well, but for those who don't, uh, here's how the chorus goes. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. And that is exactly what God is. But God has especially been highlighting the bridge to me lately. And this is how the bridge goes. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when we don't see it, even when it seems like the whole world is falling apart, even when the situation seems impossible and it seems like there's no way out, even when the future looks very bleak, God is busy working. He never stops working. He is in control. Nothing takes him by surprise. And he knows what's best. Let's make that a little bit personal. Even when we don't see it in our own situations, even when it feels like our whole world is falling apart, even when our situation seems impossible and it seems like there's no way out, even when our future looks bleak, God is busy working. He never stops working. He is in control. Nothing takes him by surprise. And he knows what's best for us. Isaiah 55 verse 8 to 9 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Romans 11 verse 33 to 34 says, Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decision and decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? We don't know what God is busy doing and what the future holds. And the truth is, we don't need to know because God knows. His wisdom and knowledge is infinite, just like his power and his strength is infinite. It is impossible for us to understand his thoughts and his decisions. So why even try? All we need to do is trust him. All we need to do is let go and let God take the reins. All we need to do is keep ourselves under his protection and rely on his strength. Amen. 2 Samuel 22 verse 29 to 36 says, O Lord, you are my lamp. The Lord lights up my darkness. In your, strength, in your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale a wall. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. 
For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? God is my strong fortress, and he makes my way perfect. He makes me as sure-footed as, as a deer, enabling me to stand on, a, on mountain heights. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. You have given me your shield of victory. Your help has made me great. No matter what we are facing or what we are going through, we can be sure of this. God loves us and he always will. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He is with us all the way. His ways are perfect and his promises are true. He will protect us and he will strengthen us all the way through. And if we trust in him, he will make us victorious and we will become stronger Christians for him. Okay, that was my encouragement to you guys. So let's, uh, let's get on with the actual message for today. I'd like to look at the same scripture that John has been uh, reading from in the last two weeks in Matthew 16. But I'd like to focus on something slightly different that God highlighted to me in the scripture. So let's read Matthew 16, 13 to 18. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do you say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, But who do you say I am? Jesus asked his disciples this question 2,000 years ago, and he's still asking us the same question today. Who do you say I am? What is our revelation of Jesus? What is your revelation of Jesus? That's the question we've been asking ourselves the last two weeks. And uh, that's a very good question. Let's read verse 16. Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now before we dive even deeper into who Jesus is today, I'd like to repeat a comment I heard Tyron Daniel share on one of his videos on the NCMI Facebook page. He was also teaching from this specific scripture. But when he got to the first part of verse 18, it said something that hit home to me. And I'd like to share that with you guys today. But before we get there, let's read verse 16, 17 and the first part of 18 again. Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you, that you are Peter. This is what Tyron said. Suddenly, at this moment, everything changed. Jesus basically said to Peter, Now that you who know who I am, I'm telling you who you are. You and I will never know who we truly are if we don't know who Jesus is. And this affects everything that we do, we do how we live, how we minister, 
and how we go about our daily business. It's linked and it has to be that way around. It can't be the other way around. We can't say, Jesus, tell me who I am first so that I can know who you are. No, I need to know who Jesus is before I can know who I am. This really made me think even harder about who I say Jesus is. This made me realize that my revelation of Jesus determines how I see myself. It brought a new meaning to uh, the, the phrase, finding my identity. The more I get to know Jesus, the more I'll know who I am in Jesus Christ. And this is relevant for all of us. Our revelation of Jesus directly affects our identity. It directly affects the way we see ourselves. A few months ago, I shared a word called becoming who you already are in Christ. And I'd like to take a few of these truths and share it with you guys again today. And then hopefully we can take these truths to another level. In Romans 12, verse 1 to 2, it says, and the heading is a living sacrifice. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. I'd like to focus on verse 2. It says that do not conform to the pattern of this world. That's quite obvious. We as Christians, we are not of this world. We live in this world, but we are not of this world. And we are... We are not meant to conform to the pattern of this world. We are meant to swim upstream, not go with the flow. And it says there, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That, but be transformed. The, in, the New Living Translation says it this way, but let God transform you into a new person. The word transform comes from the word metamorphosis. And whenever I think of uh, metamorphosis, I think of what happens with a caterpillar. It goes into a cocoon as a caterpillar. And then it comes out completely transformed. It comes out as this beautiful butterfly. For a while it's one thing. But then by the grace of God, it becomes something completely different. A caterpillar is not beautiful. It's quite ugly actually. But a butterfly is very beautiful. A caterpillar crawls, but a butterfly flies on these amazing wings. A caterpillar eats leaves, but a butterfly drinks delicious nectar. Gardeners don't like caterpillars because they destroy plants. They're quite destructive because they eat the leaves. But they love butterflies because they help pollinate plants and they look pretty amazing. Some gardeners actually uh, plant specific plants that attract butterflies. The same thing happens to us when we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. We were one thing, conformed conform to this world, to the pattern of this world. And then by the grace of God, we get transformed, we get met metamorphosized into something completely different. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, the uh, ESV version says this, 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And then the New Living Translation says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. As soon as we belong to Christ, we are not caterpillars anymore, butterflies. We are not ugly anymore. We are beautiful. Well, for some guys, outwardly used, we, we, we are still quite ugly. But uh, I promise you, inwardly, we are beautiful. Amen. Um, we are meant, we're not meant to crawl anymore. And we're not meant to eat leaves anymore. We're not meant to be destructive anymore. We're meant to fly. And we're meant to enjoy God's delicious nectar. The problem is that too many Christians are butterflies. But they're going around acting like caterpillars. This new creation, this new person that we become, comes from the Greek word kainos. Now kainos means newness. In the sense of fresh existence. In other words, it's something that was just made. Something that's unlike anything that's ever existed before. Paul could have used another word for to describe this newness. He could have used the word neos. Neos also means newness, but in the sense of renovation or cleaning out. But that's not what happens when we get saved by grace and when we get filled with the Holy Spirit. We are not just cleaned out or renovated. We are a new creation, a new person. And this newness affects every area of our lives. For the first time, we are made spiritually new. We're alive for the first time. We are not God's enemies anymore. We are His children. We have a new life in Christ. And we are part of a new family. And it's a global family. We receive a new identity in Christ. Everything changes. We are a new creation. Because we are in Christ, this is who we are. This is our identity forever. Doesn't matter how we feel, doesn't matter who we used to be, doesn't matter what, what we're going through, it doesn't matter how badly we've messed up, our identity in Jesus Christ is who we are forever. Not because of anything we have done, but because of what Jesus did for us. So why do so many Christians struggle to grasp or accept this new identity. Well, to be frank, it's because we don't know Jesus. It's because our revelation of Jesus is lacking or skewed. Because like the scripture says, we are not renewing our minds with the truths of who Jesus is. So I'd like to look at a few of these truths today. And the first one is, Jesus is God. Jesus is deity. John 1 verse 1 to 2, and I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. The heading is the deity of Jesus Christ. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God Himself. He was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. Romans 9 verse 5 says, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Of their ancestors and Christ himself was an Israelite as far as his human nature is concerned 
and he is God, who, the one who rules over everything and is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. 1 John 5 verse 20 says, And we know that the Son of God has come, and he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God, because we live in fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God, and He is eternal life. And lastly, Revelations, verse, uh, Revelations 1 verse 8, and I'm reading from the Amplified Bible again. And this is Jesus speaking. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God, who is existing forever and who was continually existing in the past and who is to come, the Almighty the omnipotent, the ruler of all. We have to believe the deity of Jesus with all of our hearts. That he is God, that he is Lord, that he is King, and that he is supreme leader, supreme ruler of everything. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal this truth to us. And we need to receive this revelation over and over again. That Jesus is our God, that he is our Lord, that he is our King, and that he is our Supreme Ruler. If we don't, we will never truly be able to see ourselves as part of Jesus' kingdom. We will never truly see ourselves as sons and daughters of the living God. We will never truly see ourselves as co-heirs with Christ. Romans 8 Verse 15 to 17 says, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you will live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. We have to settle this in our hearts, church. That Jesus is deity. That Jesus is equally part of the Trinity. And that he is one with the Father. And that his spirit lives inside of us. And testifies, affirms that we are indeed children of God. Philippians 2 verse 5 to 7 says this, and I'm reading from the Amplified Bible again. Have the same attitude in yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus. Look to him as your example in selfless humility, who, although he existed in the form and unchanging essence of God, as one with him, possessing the fullness of all the divine attributes, the entire nature of deity, did not regard equality with God, a thing to be grasped or asserted, as if he did not already possess it, or was afraid of losing it, but emptied himself without renouncing or dim diminishing his deity, but only temporarily, temporarily giving up the outward expression of divine equality and his rightful dignity, by assuming the form of a bondservant, and, made, and being made in the likeness of men. He became completely human, but was without sin, being fully God and fully man. So we are children and heirs of God. 
but we can't take advantage of our position. We can't take advantage of who we are, like so many people are doing these days. We still have to have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had and submit to God's lordship, kingship, kingship and authority. I believe that the more the more we ask and receive this revelation of who Jesus is, the more we will truly submit to his kingship, to his lordship and to his authority, the more we will truly allow him to rule and reign in our lives, the more we will truly allow him to take control of our lives. Jesus is not our buddy or our pal. He is the Almighty One. He is righteous and He is holy. And we should be honoring Him with our very lives. Ephesians 4 verse 22 to 24 says, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. The second truth I'd like to talk about today is Jesus is creator. Now Dion covered this uh, very well two weeks ago, but I'd like to quickly look at two scriptures. And the first one is the same one that Dion shared. Colossians 1 verse 15 to 17. Christ is supreme is the heading. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. And then John 1 verse 1 to 3. This time I'm reading from the New Living Translation. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him and nothing was created except through Him. We have to believe that everything was created through Jesus and for Jesus. That He is supreme over all creation. That He holds all creation together. And that He never created anything by mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. If we don't, if we don't believe this, we will never truly be able to see ourselves the way Jesus sees us. We will never truly see ourselves as valuable and precious. We will never truly stop listening to what the world is saying about us instead of what Jesus is saying about us. We will never truly stop listening to the lies of the enemy. He's always telling us who we, not, who we are not. We need to stop believing what Jesus is saying about us. And then if we don't believe this, we will never truly believe that we were created for a purpose. Psalm 139 verse 13 to 17 says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. 
how how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. And then Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Here's the truth. We are not mistakes. We are marvelous masterpieces. We are precious people created for his purpose. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to, to reveal this truth to us over and over again. And we need to receive this revelation over and over again. We are not mistakes, friends. Not one of you is a mistake. Every single one of us is valuable and precious to God. Believe it. Believe it, church. And then the third truth I'd like to look at is Jesus is Savior and Redeemer. Titus 3 verse 4 to 6, and I'm reading from the Amplified Bible again, says, But when the goodness and kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared in human form as the man, Jesus Christ, He saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we have done, but because of His own compassion and mercy. By the cleansing of the new birth, spiritual transformation, there's that word transformation again, regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out richly upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. 1 John 4 verse 14 to 15 says, Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. And then Ephesians 1 verse 7, and I'm reading from the Amplified Bible again. In Him we have redemption, that is, our deliverance and salvation through His blood, which paid the penalty for our sin and resulted in the forgiveness and complete pardon of our sin in accordance with the riches of His grace. I believe that most of us have received this revelation of who Jesus is, but I also believe that we have to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal this truth to us over and over again. And we need to receive this revelation over and over again. Why? Because if we don't, we'll never truly be able to see ourselves as loved. We are loved friends. Doesn't matter how we feel. Doesn't matter who we used to be. Doesn't matter what we are going through. It doesn't matter how bad, badly we've messed up. We are loved. I don't think we will ever realize how much Jesus loves us. Our minds can't comprehend the magnitude of his love for us. He loved us before the beginning of time. He loved us before he spoke the universe into existence. He loved us before he created the earth and everything in it. He loved us before we were born. He loved us before we even knew him. While we were still his enemies, he loved us. He loves us now and he will never, ever stop loving us. 
1 John 3 verse 16. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible again. By this we know and have now come to understand the depth and essence of His precious love, that He willingly laid down His life for us because He loved us. I don't think we will ever fully comprehend what Jesus did for us on that cross. What He sacrificed in order for us to be forgiven. What He sacrificed in order for us to have a relationship with Him. What He sacrificed in order for us to become these new creations, to become these new people in Him. Every time I think about it, it blows my mind. It's mind-blowing stuff, friends. But there is another reason, I believe, why we need this revelation to come over us over and over again. And that's because we have a message to share with the world. That same love that miraculously saved us is the same love that will miraculously save the rest of the world. They just don't know about it yet. We do. But they don't. We need to tell them, friends. And the more we receive this revelation of love over and over again, the more excited we're going to get to share this good news, to share this great news that Jesus loves us and He loves the world. Now there are many more truths about who Jesus is. There's Jesus is our healer. Jesus is our miracle worker. Jesus is our promise keeper. Jesus is our provider. Jesus is our victory. Jesus is our truth. Jesus is our light. Jesus is our joy. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is our eternity. And many, many, many more. But it would take me a whole couple more hours to go through all these truths. I'd like to encourage you to dive into into the scriptures for yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit to bring these scriptures to life. Ask Him to reveal these truths about who Jesus is. Spend time talking to Jesus Himself. Discover for yourself who Jesus is. It's like someone tasting chocolate for the very first time in their life. It's an experience that, that is like amazing. This delicious, smooth, creamy chocolate just melting in your mouth. But now if that person had to go tell someone and explain to them what it's like to eat chocolate for the first time, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing as tasting chocolate yourself. So I just want to encourage you to, to dive into the scriptures and to, to discover for yourself who Jesus is. Because my prayer for all of us, is that when we get asked the question, who do you say Jesus is? That our response would come from first-hand revelation. That our response would come from our hearts. That we would know beyond a shadow of a doubt who Jesus is. And that we would know beyond a shadow of a doubt who we are in Christ. I'd like to end with the words of a song called You Say from Lauren Daigle. I keep fighting voices in my head that say I'm not good enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. 
Am I more than just a sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am, because I need to know. You say I am loved, when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong, when I think I am weak. You say I am held, when I am falling short. And when I don't belong, you say I am yours. I believe what you say of me, I believe. The only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. In you I find my worth. In you I find my identity. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord, for this word, Lord, and thank you for giving me the, the privilege of sharing it, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord, for who you are, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are dear to you, Lord, that you are Son of the living God, Lord that you are equally part of the Trinity, Lord, that you are God, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we, you'd reveal to us this on a daily basis, that we would be able to see ourselves, Lord, as part of your kingdom, Lord, that we would start seeing ourselves as your sons and daughters, Lord, and that we would find a purpose. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are creator, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you wonderfully and fearfully made us, Lord, that we are not mistakes, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are almighty, that you created everything into existence, Lord, and you did not create mistakes, Lord. I pray, Lord, that this revelation would come true for all of us, Lord, that we would see it, that we are not mistakes, Lord, but that we are your children, Lord. We are precious and valuable to you, Lord, and that we have a purpose, Lord, a purpose, Lord. Thank you, Father. And I thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice that you made on that cross, Lord. Because you loved us. Because you loved every single person that ever existed, that is existing right now and that's still to come, Lord. You love everyone with an unconditional love. And we just want to thank you for this, Lord. We just want to give you glory and honor, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that as we dive into your scriptures, as we spend time with you and as we just more and more just ask your holy spirit to reveal these things to us lord that you would become real to us lord that you would become more and more real to us lord and that we would fall more and more in love with you lord and that your purposes lord and your plans for each and every one of us lord would become more and more real to us we thank you for this lord and we just want to give you all the honor and the glory lord 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 i just want to say just Whatever is, use this word, Lord, to touch people's lives, but whatever is not from you, Lord, I pray, Lord, that it would fall, fall on deaf ears, Lord. But everything that's from you, Lord, I pray, Lord, that it would take root in our hearts, Lord, and that this would become part of who we are. I thank you for this, Lord, and I just want to bless your name, Lord, this morning. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Don't rush off. Enjoy a cup of coffee with your family or friends. Encourage and pray with each other. And uh, stay strong, friends. Be blessed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Be blessed and keep safe. Amen.